In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. Hello, hello. This is In the Lab. My name is Drew Doherty. Old Jazzy Hands himself, John Harris, is joining us as well. John, we're uh, both, I don't want to say fighting, but we're both uh, struggling through little little minor things of our own. You had a root <laughs> canal yesterday. That's much more major than me. I just had my pupils dilated because I had my oh, wow. optometr- optometrist check. And while we were setting this up, I turned my ring light on like this. And I don't know if that looks better to you or not, but I'm, there's no way in hell I'm going to look into that ring light right okay. now with uh, okay. my things on, my, my pupils dilated. Although I could do... Well, let me try this. Uh, let's see, lady at the Jack in the Box drive-through complimented me on my glass. I can do this, but I think that'd be kind of weird to do a uh, a podcast about this. It's just it looks like you have two big lifesavers uh, in your screen. You know the yeah. peppermint, you know the white peppermint ones uh-huh, on the uh-huh. screen on your. Uh, they look like you're on your glass lens. So pretty much, um, yeah. it would be kind of be kind of interesting, uh, sort of kind of tea painish or of the weekend at the Super Bowl sort of feeling, but. Either way, uh, that's totally cool. Yeah, I, I, I hate that. You know, the one thing that, you know, yesterday kind of told me is, yep, you know, every single day is a, a, a day older. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm approaching 5-0, and I'm like, man, if this isn't approaching 5-0, holy smokes. But, uh, but you were kind enough to move in the lab uh, to today so that I could uh, – try and fight my way through it and i'm i'm glad dude thank you very very much for doing that i am a magnanimous guy um <laughs> let's chit chat about training camp in a different sort of way okay the announcement came out today about the texans training camp they're um they're going to be 22 practices they'll go four days in a row basically every every cluster there's a say they, so they go four days in a row they have a day off then they'll go yep. six days in a row then they have a day off, and it's only four after that. Uh, they'll go four more, go to Green Bay, come back from Green Bay, go four, go to Dallas, play the Cowboys, come back, play four, or go, practice four, and then uh, they'll take on the Buccaneers. So it starts Wednesday, July 28th. Yep. Don't know how rigorous that first one's going to be. It ends Thursday, August 26th, basically a month long, mm-hmm. and it's broken up. And this year – you knew this. I don't know that everyone listening or watching knows this. You don't have the standard cuts. What you have this right. year, you're going from the 90-man roster, and then after that first preseason game, the Tuesday after that first preseason game, you're going down to 85. A week later, after the second preseason game on a Tuesday, 85 yep. to 80. Yep. And then after the third preseason game, you go down to 53. So you go from 80 to 53. In the past, it's been 90, 75, 53. This is a little bit different. So you'll trim five guys at a time with the first two trims. But what I wanted to chit-chat about was just random A memories from Texans training camp. And I'll start things off, John. Thump. Thump was the sound that I heard, and I remarked to Nick Skirfield, who used to – work with us here at HoustonTexans.com, our pal. Uh, Scurf and I remarked a lot in 2011 at training camp, thump. Boy, you hear the, the sound thump a lot when J.J. Watt's here. Oh, yeah. It seems like every pass that – not every pass, but every 10, 15 passes that Matt Schaub or 
who would have been Liner or TJ Yates. And I yeah, kind of think there was, was a rookie. A, yeah. I think there was it was like Beck or Booty was was like a, there was a fourth quarterback around. But it seems like every time you had the 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 defense matching up in in pass pro or trying to do stuff, he was knocking down passes and thumping them with his mitts, and he would go on two years later to uh, really wreak havoc in that regard. But thump was the sound that we heard a lot from J.J. Watt and to a degree from Connor Barwin as well. He had a good yeah. – he had his best season as a Texan in 2011. And, um, yeah, that was just one thing that kind of stood out. And I've got a few more on my little list here of training camp memories. Well, I think my favorite memory includes one of our favorite Texans in a moment in which he was not being very Texans – Worthy, if you will. But in 2009, the Texans, Rick Smith as GM, had uh-huh. gone out and made some free agent uh, acquisitions. They had gone out and gotten a Mon Green 07. Didn't really work out. Um, it didn't work out at all. And there's some others. And so I was always leery of spending free agent dollars. But I knew <laughs> this defense needed some help on the, de- on the, on the front. Yeah. Moby Okoye was not really kind of rounding the shape the way you wanted. Well, they really needed some help up front. And so they went to the Super Bowl contending Arizona Cardinals and they signed a guy by the name of Antonio Smith. Great. We signing. learned later, we learned later the ninja. Now he turned out to be one of the great signings of not only Rick Smith's career, but of the Texans' career. I mean, when you talk about free agent, you talk about Jonathan Joseph, you talk about uh, Ninja, you talk about Antonio yeah. Smith. So I'm over standing next to my pal, Lance Zerline who a lot of people in Houston know. So I'm talking – we're next to Lance, and we're kind of standing in front, arms kind of crossed, and we're watching O-line, D-line, one-on-one pass rush drills. And the D-line can't stay on side. They keep jumping offside. And it's just completely wrecking the drill. And Bill Kolar is a defensive line coach. And, Bill and for Kolar's those of you who don't know, Bill Kolar was very, very vocal. Very vocal. He, he had a few repeated lines. He said, that's the idea. You'd say yep. that a lot. And you'd also hear up, stay up. Like he didn't, he didn't like yep. it. No coach really does, but he especially no. did not like to see players on the ground in practice. Stay well, he's up. a former defense, he's a former defensive lineman. So he yep. hated a good trash down his left. Yes. So the defensive line can't stay on side. I mean, they just can't. They're jumping the snap count. I mean, it's first day in pads. They're jumping the snap count. And at one point he gets upset and he says something to the defensive line about continuing to kill the drill, whatever. So, drill goes on for a few more reps. Antonio goes up. He jumps offside. And I promise you, Bill Kolar, I, Bill Kolar didn't really say anything loud enough for us to hear. Now, we're standing probably a good 10, 15 yards away. He didn't say anything that we could hear. We heard the previous one. But we didn't hear anything. We're just, you know, all right. And all of a sudden, Antonio flipped the switch. And he was like, you want me to unleash the bleepity bleep dogs? You want me to unleash the bleep? Oh, you'll, you'll see me. And Mario Williams is having to hold him back. So I can't figure out if Antonio is mad at Kolar or if Antonio is mad at the offense or, or what. And then I realized Antonio is walking towards Kolar. And what I loved about the whole interaction is Antonio is just losing his mind. <laughs> is that Kolar is standing there staring at him like, well, come on, let's go. And I just, I just hear this, this low voice in my ear that says, hey, Johnny, 
that's the Texans top free agent signing of 2009. How you feel? And that was Lance saying it in my ear. And the thing was, after that year, I felt like, yeah, it was a great signing, to be honest. Yeah. He had a great career with the Texans. Went to the Pro Bowl. And that, that was an inauspicious start, to say the least, of getting in a little tete-a-tete slash fight wow. on the very first practice of his in 2009. I never would want to see those two guys fight because I like both no. of them. They're both yes. great players, great coach, great minds, you know, good guys. Yes. But that would have been a rumble because Bill Kolar once wrestled a bear. Um, and he was a defensive Crazy. lineman for about a decade in the NFL. Yeah. He's he got put into the senior bowl hall of fame. I mean, that guy can handle his business. So, and we yeah. know the ninja could handle his business. So oh, of course. Yeah, that's that that would have been something to see, but they patched up. I know they they probably think pretty highly of each other these days. So Thump was mine. You, you were talking about the Ninja and Coach Kolar. Water is something that really has been a big deal around here. Water being dumped on Kevin Walter on his August 4th birthday. I remember it was like 2012-ish. And yep. uh, they, they doused him. I think it was like Myers and Shaw might have got him. And then around that year, I think it was around 12 or 11, maybe 13, but I just remember Brian Brayman, special teamer extraordinaire, had long hair, won a yeah. Super Bowl ring with the 17 Eagles. Um, he was it the 17 Eagles or the eight? Yeah, the 17 Eagles. I remember yeah, him sitting in this big tub of ice, ice water after a practice, trying to cool off and just yeah, it made for a good picture. But you know, it's tough to stay cool around here. I mean, Sean Cody on the podcast a couple of weeks ago was talking about how his feet would squish, oh. and we saw that with Vince Wilfork on yes. hard knocks a couple of years back, but Water in many, many forms uh, is a big part of training camp. It is, no doubt. And my, my next one actually doesn't even take place in Houston. The two years that we went up to West Virginia to the Greenbrier. To me, the memory was, as I remember them. Yeah, that's how I remember I it too. I remember the first day walking over to the field. Like we had no real idea. Mm-hmm. that you and I had not been there. I think Mark had been there for a day, but we really didn't know the setup, what it was going to look like. And I yeah. remember we rolled up on the first day. It was the, it, we went, didn't go on radio that day, but the day before, we had to go look at our setup and how the setup was going to go. And Mark and I went up there to kind of check out the setup. And we drove up, we pulled up, and we put our equipment down, and we honestly just looked around. And we were like, oh, my God, look at this place. This is unbelievable. And it was, it was different. I mean, when you're back home, there's such energy from the fans being there and then wanting autographs and all that. And there wasn't a big crowd. We could go watch the practices from the bleachers. And it was such a beautiful environment. But to your point about water, I remember, I can't remember if it was 17 or 18, but there was one day where the skies just mm-hmm. opened mm-hmm. and it poured down and the practice was over and the guys were just, sliding into rain puddles out on the field. And it was, it was awesome. I mean, we did everything green, bro. We went hiking, we gambled, we ate at great restaurants. I mean, it was just a really fun time to be up the green briar. And anybody that went up there knows uh, how cool it was to do that for a couple of years. I was very happy to come back in 2019 to, to do it from here. Cause we were gone for so long, but being at the green briar also brought up my favorite story. I think maybe ever the Houston Texans, with a young lady by the name of Marty. Marty. 
I know you know who Marty is. Well, you've just ruined the whole story because I didn't ruin the whole story. You have to tell the story now. Well, you kind of did. Anyways, so uh, first year in 17, we were all sort of just like, here's where, you're, yeah. here's where you're staying. And they told us where we're staying. Yeah. Going into 18, they said, listen, we're going to have to figure some things out. So, uh, you know, you guys in the media, social media, you know, digital media department, we got to fend for yourselves, figure out where you're going to stay. So, you know, there was no room at the inn where we had stayed the year before. So right. I was placed in charge. Doherty Travel yeah. handles all the uh, all the travel arrangements for got it done. folks here in the building uh, or in our department. So also for all your travel needs, contact Doherty Travel <laughs> at my Twitter page. And yes. I, I basically, we were all split up. I had the dudes, you know, the younger guys in a house. Were you with yeah. them? I can't remember. At the last couple of days I was. Yeah. yeah. So there was a really nice house. The bro house property that was not the Greenbrier, but on their property, they had these houses. So the young guys who were shooting and editing video, they were there. That was a a good setup. I had you and your family. Yeah. You were with your family. I had you at a house probably about 10 minutes from the Greenbrier. It was great from all accounts. Um, I had another house booked and it was me. It was, it was like a multi-room house. It was me. And I think DP was going to be there too. And Marty was the the person who I booked it through. And uh, I think Marty was like, oh, I can do your laundry for you, which was kind of like weird. <laughs> yeah, I remember and, that. <laughs> uh, and then it was like, I, I, Marty was like, well, I'll be downstairs. I'll just be living downstairs while you're there. And I was like, oh, okay, Marty. And DP, that like that put off like red bells and warning signals yeah. in her mind. She's like, yes. I'm out. I'm staying at a hotel. I was like, okay. So, but I was like, I was, I was game. I'll stay there. I mean, Hey, I, I've got the whole place to myself and Marty will be downstairs, you know, cause it was, it was like a beach house kind of setup where you, yeah. you walk up these outside steps and then you go in yeah. and then there's like a, not really an entrance downstairs. Well, it turns out Marty's this sweet lady, you know, in her seventies <laughs> who just, you know, she rented her place out and um, yeah. yeah, she, she did do my laundry. Thank, thank goodness. And I, I love where we stayed. It was on the river. Uh, yeah. in, in this gated community she was on probably like two acres three acres of land with all these other houses it was just beautiful so yeah marty was uh marty took care of us but you kind of assumed marty was a dude it sort of sounded creepy without yeah. the, uh, the context there so yeah uh, and then hey, marty turned out to be a woman that was awesome my last thing is it's fun for the first time since 2015 the texans are going to practice at night in front of fans which is cool oh. they, they, they hadn't done it in a while and before th- 2015 i think it had probably been about three four maybe five years then you know so those practices are rare at night and that'll be cool because it's the heat in the morning heat and humidity in the morning is a lot stickier it seems just anecdotally from my memory than it is at night seems like there's a better breeze at night it's drier at night it just feels better we'll see if that changes but i'm excited to, to be under the lights you want my final training camp story because it actually it. ties in it ties into the last time there was a night practice before 2015 and it occurred in 2010. Yeah. You know I think the story. The, I think that might've been the last time they'd done it. So that night practice is over. And the day before my same friend uh, who I mentioned earlier, I say friend in this time with in air quotes, my friend Lance airline decided that he was going to go up to Dwayne Brown and tell Dwayne Brown that I wasn't a big fan of him being drafted. 
And so they had a conversation about it. And Lance actually did have my back. And, and he did point out that the few games I did watch that Dwayne did say to him at that point, yeah, yeah, oh man, I didn't play well in either one of those games he watched. So anyways, there was some back into it. But now that Lance did that, I felt like, man, I, okay, I've got to, I, I got to meet Dwayne at this point. I didn't really have any locker room uh, responsibility because we always had an afternoon show. So practice right. at that point, we always had Raheel, Ramzan Ali, or David Nuno. And so we, we didn't, we didn't do any of that. So I didn't really have a chance to meet Dwayne at that point. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to bite the bullet. I'm going to do it. So that night practice is over. And Dwayne would have years where there were some times where he would like cut weight. He'd be like 310. And sometimes he would pack it on. He'd be like 325, 330. This is one of those years I think he had packed it on. So he's talking to a couple people. I'm kind of standing there waiting for him. He frees up. He's got a big smile on his face. He reaches out his hand to shake my hand. And he's got, you, you've seen that Dwayne Brown smile. Smile as big as the stadium. And I said, hey, Dwayne, I'm John Harris. I got John Harris out of my mouth. And that smile went to a scowl. And I'm like, I'm going to die. Like RIP John Harris, like right here. And he just looks at me, he goes, I hear you don't like me very much. <laughs> and thank God for quick thinking. I went, well, I used to feel that way, but I don't anymore. And immediately I see this smile start to creep on his face. Huh. And that was, that was kind of the uh, beginning of the uh, John Harris, Dwayne Brown, actually more, of my repairing of the relationship right. that I tried to tear down with my draft thoughts about uh, one of the great NFL linemen there's ever been uh, and Dwayne Brown. But I remember us talking for a while and, you know, just talking ball and just saying, man, you know, here's why I missed on you and uh, I wish you luck. And then of course I came in the building and got to know him even more. So um, it was kind of this bittersweet day in 2017 when he was traded to Seattle. And I remember seeing him the day before he was traded to Seattle. We had come back from Seattle. And it was that Monday and I was walking back into the studio and he was going to the locker room and I, it was taking me a little bit to get the studio, but he saw it was me and he waited to go in the locker room. So I don't know if he knew he was being traded or not or whatever. I didn't bring that up or anything, but he just looked at me and said, Hey man, it's good to see you again. And I was like, Hey man, um, you know, how you feeling? His first game, you know, he's yeah, I'm pretty sore. So we chatted for just a little bit. And then it was like later that afternoon, He's going off to Seattle. It's kind of weird. But that night practice, that night practice was that opportunity for he and I to kind of patch things up. Me basically patching it up. My mea culpa to him that uh, I shouldn't have uh, gone the direction I did in talking about him the way that I did. Because he was everything, everything that you want in an NFL offensive lineman. Uh, and I missed it. But it was that night, that, that night practice. Thank God it was not a day practice because it was a day practice. You know how you feel. You feel how we feel after one of those practices. Imagine what the players feel after that. I mean, like you said, the soggy shoes, uh, it would not have gone in a good direction, that's for sure. But it did because it was a night practice. So I always think about those night practices, and Dwayne will always be that guy I think about. Well, good directions. That's where we're headed because the Texans are going back to practice, back to camp, back to work. Yeah. Can't wait to see it. It's about two weeks away. So always good to talk with you, my friend. And yeah, this man. has been In the Lab.